Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the new Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, social distancing from home today, along with the entire About Mansfield news team. Thank you for being here today as well. Coming up on this episode, it's the conclusion of Campaign 2020 in Mansfield, as well as Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Poured the Wine Bar. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Does Mansfield need more early voting booths? Our county commissioner speaks out. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic appears to be increasing its spread in Mansfield. Also, news from the moon. Local self-defense expert offers tips for women on how to protect themselves if under attack. Councilman Casey Lewis recaps Monday's council meeting. In sports. In Mansfield ISD football, Legacy and Summit will face a big rivalry game while Lake Ridge and Mansfield High have some real tests against ranked teams. Baby, it's cold outside. I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. We'll see if I've got any more tired old Dean Martin songs in the bag during the Ask Terry segment later in the show. Alexa is here with the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve will talk in studio with a couple of guests from a small, nearby university that has some big ideas. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Paid political ad by the Brent Newsom campaign. Hi, this is Brent Newsom, candidate for mayor. I love Mansfield. I grew up here and I'm raising my family here. There is no other place I'd rather be. I'm running for mayor to protect our quality of life. Mansfield is the only home I've ever known. I've watched it grow from a town that I could ride my bike across as a child into a bustling city of almost 85,000 people. Mansfield has given me so much and it's my duty to give back. As a local banker, I help businesses grow and create jobs every day. As your next mayor, I will use the same common sense business practices to lower taxes and help our economy recover. Since you elected me to city council, I have been working to lower the taxes on homeowners by growing the commercial tax base. And you know what? That is working and it is paying off. We have just passed the city's first ever homestead exemption. Next, we're gonna be cutting the tax rate. Because of our sound fiscal policy and smart planning, Mansfield is actually cutting taxes and fully funding our police, while other cities are raising taxes and defunding police. This is Brent Newsom for Mayor, asking for your vote. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70-proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. Ooh, what the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find Cold Hammer Stills. Find liqueurs at Total Wine & More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. 
Mother of three Mansfield students, wife, former teacher, and entrepreneur, I'm Corinne Fiagami, and my husband and I are extremely grateful for the teachers, staff, and administrators who make our district a destination for quality education. Our schools consistently score high marks on state accountability ratings. Many of our facilities are state-of-the-art, and our district and school leadership teams are committed to increasing the academic, social, emotional, and physical health of our children. As a school board member, I intend to make sure that all of our district-wide assets continue to serve our community's needs with excellence. That's why I'm here, to ask for your vote for MISD School Board of Trustees Place 7. We must ensure all of our children receive the benefits of access to an excellent education. I'm Corinne Fiagami, and not only do I approve this message, I invite you to learn more at CorinneForMISD.com. Paid for by Corinne Fiagami for Mansfield ISD School Board. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. Mansfield police arrested a Mansfield man on Thursday on suspicion of assaulting a Mansfield resident, a woman, as she got out of her car in her own driveway. 32-year-old Alcatarius Jordan was taken into custody and was charged with assault causing bodily injury and unlawful restraint. Self-defense expert Troy Dorsey says that the number of women who are attacked on a national level is staggering. One out of three women are in and a violent attack sometime in their lifetime. That's pretty scary. Dorsey offers some tips to women who may find themselves in a situation with an attacker. If the person grabs you, uh, the person grabs you by the wrist, or they grab you from what we call a front bear hug from the front, it's, it's so easy to bite the person. Instead of jerking away or even even trying to kick the person, sometimes you can't do it because they're, they're pulling you off and you're off balance. But just just biting the person, biting the person so hard, and they're going to let go, and you don't let go. And then when, then when they finally get away, then you've got time to run. But you're biting this person so hard, it might uh, only I mean, save you five seconds. you got five or ten seconds to, to get away, maybe even longer than that to escape. It may, it may not sound very effective, but I don't know. Have you ever been bitten? Oh, it, it hurts bad. So when you're in t- intent with your bite, you can escape and have some time to get away. And you can need a person in the groin. Stomping a person's foot doesn't hurt very much, but you can need them in the groin. And uh, that's going to help you escape also. Dorsey offers periodic self-defense courses for women in his downtown Mansfield studio, which focus on using your most powerful limbs, your legs. Every class that we teach has self-defense in it. In other words, you learn how to kick, or you kick the person. Kicking is great. Whether you kick from the front or the side or the back, we teach those three different kicks so that... uh. Both women and kids and even men can escape. Dorsey offers some strong advice to women on something as simple as taking a stroll down the street. Don't walk like a victim. Walk with your shoulders. Your back is straight. Your shoulders are back. You're looking around. And if you see somebody, you don't look away like you're fearful. You just kind of a little stare down. You know, look at the person and look with confidence and look deep into their eyes. 
Maybe 15 seconds, then look away. Troy Dorsey Karate Studio is located on Main Street in historic Mansfield, and you can reach out to Troy for self-defense classes by dialing 817-477-5523. We'll post that phone number on our website, aboutmansfield.com, under the Links tab. The COVID-19 epidemic is continuing to increase its spread in Mansfield, and About Mansfield's roving science reporter, Dennis Webb, is going to take us to the moon and back. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. In Mansfield, the epidemic appears to be back on an increasing trend, not going down. Reminder, as a city in Tarrant County, Texas, we are still under County Judge Glenn Whitley's executive order declaring a local public health disaster for the county. Judge Whitley does not think we have yet beaten the virus. On Monday, October 26th, Tarrant County reports 1,539 Mansfieldians as having tested positive, 1,209 are estimated to have recovered, and 28 citizens have died since the start. From this, we can determine the following. We had 131 new cases this past week, a record high for our town, above our previous peak in early August. We had one new case in the part of town that's in Johnson County. We had no new COVID-19 deaths reported in Mansfield this week. The last three weeks have not seen a Mansfield fatality. The county estimates that there are 330 active cases in Mansfield, that is, 330 fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another citizen if they aren't quarantining. This is the second week of big increase, suggesting increased spread of the virus locally. Last week, Mansfield ISD reported 15 new cases among staff, an increase over last week, and 19 new cases among students, about the same as last week. The county saw an average of 617 new cases a day last week, that's the county, a notable increase. The test positivity rate remains stubbornly at 12%, suggesting we are not testing enough to contain the virus, though countywide testing is still fairly high, though it dropped this past week to 4,800 tests a day. Countywide hospitalization has increased to an average of 465 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus each day, a bad trend. This has been steadily increasing since the middle of September. The county reported 14 deaths this past week, a reversal of the declining numbers we've seen since the start of October. This increasing trend is concerning. Even though these numbers are still small compared to our population, the increase suggests that more of our fellow citizens are tired of the precautions allowing the virus to spread and risking a local exponential spread that can overwhelm the hospitals. To get back to normal, we have to drive all these weekly numbers to zero, as some counties in Texas have actually done getting to containment. We can get here if every one of us follows the recommendations of our state and county leaders. When you're out and about, keep your distance from other people, wear a mask, wash your hands a lot, avoid crowds, and if you're old and sick, stay at home as much as you can. It is not yet time to let down our protective measures. A science story in the news this week, NASA confirms for the first time that there is water across the surface of the moon. It is not a lot, a few hundred parts per million, so there are no rushing creeks in the valleys of the moon. We had previously confirmed that there was frozen water and ice in the permanently shadowed craters near the north and south poles of the moon, but this new observation opens a whole lot of new questions, and that's the way science progresses. How this was detected is interesting, at least to me. 
The measurement was made using an infrared spectrograph attached to a 106-inch across telescope flying high on NASA's modified Boeing 747 called SOFIA. Yeah, Steve, SOFIA. Let me unpack that long since. You can do a lot of infrared astronomy from the surface of the Earth, as the Earth's atmosphere interferes with a lot of the infrared spectrum, so, so astronomers usually put their infrared telescopes in orbit. The Hubble Space Telescope's successor is the James Webb Space Telescope, no relation, designed as an infrared machine. More on that later. The SOFIA aircraft is a compromise, as you can only make observations for a few hours, but you can tweak and upgrade the cameras and telescope on the ground almost any day, so you can try new configurations, unlike an observing observatory. SOFIA's cameras were not designed to look for water on the moon, but researcher Casey Honnable, working on her doctoral thesis, proposed this observation, and it worked. The idea is that water radiates infrared light of wavelength 6.1 microns. This is not a color we can see, but one we can detect with a camera. To pick out this wavelength, the camera spectrograph splits the moon's reflected light into a rainbow, in this case, an infrared rainbow that we can't see, and looks for a spike in the around wavelength of 6.1 microns. The height of the spike tells you how much water is there. We think astronomy is, is all about pretty pictures of strange places, but most astronomy is done with spectroscopy like this, and Casey's work builds on two centuries of spectroscopic astronomy. Back to the Webb Space Telescope being an infrared machine. Its purpose is to look further away than any previous telescope. Because the universe is expanding, the farther away you get, the light is increasingly redshifted, effectively pushing our normal human-detected color spectrum into the infrared, where the Webb Space Telescope can see. Cool. As always, we welcome any science questions from listeners. Put your questions in an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Reporting from the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Early voting for the November 3rd elections began in mid-October. The lines to vote at the Mansfield sub-courthouse were wrapped around the building, with some people reporting that they waited five hours to cast their ballot. We asked County Commissioner Devin Allen what can be done at the county level to help alleviate four- to five-hour waits in the future. One of the things that I will ask the community to do is to, one, be prepared to change locations from where they traditionally vote. Some folks are very attached, understandably, to their voting location. And then also to weigh in on, are are there locations that would be a better fit? Obviously, there are still other factors that the Elections Administration would have to consider in using um, a particular location, but certainly community input is very important to that, and also the community showing a willingness to change from perhaps historic or traditional locations. Commissioner Allen explains how the polling locations are chosen. It's somewhat of a complicated process in that you look at historic voter turnout, you also look at the availability of locations, and um, based off of that turnout, if the location would reasonably accommodate the number of voters that you can anticipate will show up. In the case of this election, we've had record turnout, which has certainly, um, I think, raised the profile of the locations that were picked for this election 
and certainly will aid us in making decisions moving forward as to what locations will best fit the uh, voter turnout of a particular community. Many Mansfield residents are unaware that they can vote anywhere in Tarrant County, and Commissioner Allen says educating the public is key in getting the word out. I certainly work to try to engage as many folks in the voting process and some of the changes that took place here in Tarrant County. One, the fact that we have new election equipment and also that we have the vote centers, as you mentioned. So as of the start of early vote, we had 50 early vote centers throughout the county. And then as of last Tuesday, uh, the commissioner's court voted to add eight additional locations for the last two days of early vote. So for Thursday, October 29th and Friday, October 30th, there are eight additional locations throughout the county, two of which are in Precinct 2. One is at uh, Vernon Newsom Stadium there in Mansfield, and the second is at, at the Dan Diaper Tech Center in Arlington. As we move through Implementing vote centers, um, I hosted many community events, as well as when we got new election equipment, hosted many events. And I think it's just a, a matter of it, it does take some time for folks to realize that changes have been made and that there are that there's a greater opportunity for them to vote anywhere in the county, not just during early vote, but as a result of a moving towards the vote center model, you can also do that on election day. And there will be over 300 locations on election day, regardless of where you live in the county. If you're a registered voter, you can show up to one of those polling locations and you uh, would be able to vote. The ballot is especially long. And in Mansfield in particular, um, and this makes them unique, is Mansfield obviously has a competitive mayoral race. There are city council races. And there are seven charter amendments on the ballot. The ballot is going to be longer and may take folks more time to go through the process. So I would encourage everyone to make sure that if you have not already voted, before you go to the polls, visit the Elections Administration website and generate your sample ballot. That way you are familiar with it ahead of time. And you can even print it out and take it in into the polling location with you. And then I, I would also recommend utilizing the wait time tool that's also on the Elections Administration website. And that um, would give you a general estimation of time of how long the wait time would be for a particular location. Commissioner Devin Allen represents District 2 in Tarrant County, which includes the city of Mansfield. The Tarrant County Small Business Assistance Grant Program has opened up Round 2 to help provide financial assistance to very small businesses located and operating within Tarrant County that have been adversely affected by the current COVID-19 epidemic. County Commissioner Devin Allen explains the process. We have made some changes to the program, having received input from some of the applicants that some parts of the application process were especially onerous or difficult for them to respond to. And we want to make sure that we get these dollars out to the community. We also have to balance the guidelines that we receive from Treasury on how the dollars can be used. So if you are a business owner who perhaps did not have an opportunity to complete your application the first round, or even if you completed the application and you were denied the first round, please do feel free to go back and to complete an application. That doesn't guarantee that you would receive an award, but you would be evaluated just the same, and you very well could receive grant funding. And then if you are a business owner who owns a individually owns a franchise, that particular type of business was not 
eligible in the first round, but it is for the second round. So there are other changes that have been made. I would um, welcome folks to visit um, the TarrantCounty.com website, and you will see a button where you can access more information about all the CARES Act programs that we have set up to support the community. Councilman Casey Lewis is in studio and recaps this week's council meeting. Councilman? The City Council met on Monday, October 26th for a regularly scheduled council meeting. We began the evening with the City of Mansfield winning three different awards. For the 14th year in a row, Mansfield has won the Tree City USA for our preservation and maintenance efforts for trees in our community. We also won the 2020 Community Service Award and the 2020 Program of the Year Award from the American Association of Code Enforcement. This is in addition to the numerous other awards our Code Enforcement and Compliance team has won over the past several years. The driving factor behind all All of these awards is the Mansfield Volunteer Program, made up of Mansfield volunteers that have given over 55,000 hours of volunteer service to those in our community to serve families in need. We also received several big updates from city staff. Music Alley was our first major event since the COVID shutdowns in March, and it was a huge success. Coming up in November is our Veterans Salute. We won't be holding the parade this year, but significant efforts are being made to honor the veterans in our community. One of those is that November 1st through the 11th, the names of the 278 veterans who have submitted their info through the city website will be honored on the sign at the Shops at Broad at 8 a.m., noon, and 7 p.m. each day. Finishing touches are being made to a citizen satisfaction survey that will be coming your way soon. Your answers will help the city staff and the city council know what we're doing well and where we can improve to keep Mansfield one of the best places to live, work, and play in the country. Hometown Holidays is going to be bigger than ever before. The event will be held on December 4th and 5th this year and is moving from City Hall to historic downtown Mansfield. There will be two nights of fireworks, a tree lighting, a 65-foot Ferris wheel, carnival games, and food. The City Council also officially adopted the 10-year Parks Master Plan. This was a two-year effort by the Parks Department to plan out the next 10 years of our City Parks program based on feedback they received through several focus groups and community feedback. The plan breaks the city up into four quadrants and identifies various park programming for each quadrant as well as the parks for the entire city to enjoy. There were also several zoning items on the agenda, including an accessory dwelling unit in historic downtown that passed 7-0, changes to the submittal process for developers to submit plans electronically passed 7-0, the prohibition of future tattoo and body piercing zoning in the city unless approved by the city council passed 6-1, and a vacant building ordinance passed 7-0. We tabled another zoning project in downtown until the developer can present some plans that more closely align with council direction, and another zoning project passed its first reading, 7-0, for a gated townhome subdivision located on North Main Street. Lastly, we approved the operating budget for the South Point Public Improvement District after being assured by the management company that the pond, trash, community parks, and pet way stations would be installed and maintained well as part of the budget. You couldn't help but be very proud of Mansfield when listening to the meeting last night. You were such a caring, giving, compassionate, and generous city that does everything with quality and excellence. Thank you for letting me be a part of the success. On behalf of About Mansfield and the Mansfield City Council, I'm Casey Lewis. Let's check sports with Tommy Cummings. Mansfield ISD kicks off another week of football with a big rivalry game between Legacy and Summit at Vernon Newsom Stadium. They'll kick off at 7 o'clock Thursday night. Summit will be breaking out the giant mums because it's their homecoming. Both teams are coming off tough losses. Legacy fell to Red Oak 45-21 at Newsom, while Summit lost to Ennis 63-26. On Friday, Lake Ridge and Mansfield High will be facing some real tests against ranked teams. Lake Ridge will be hosting 6th-ranked DeSoto at Newsom. 
Lake Ridge is coming off a 38-14 loss to 10th-ranked Cedar Hill. Mansfield High will play a tough one at Duncanville. Duncanville is ranked second in the state by the Associated Press. Last week, Mansfield lost 28-24 to Hewitt Midway at Newsom. And finally, Timberview will be at Joshua for a 7 o'clock game. Last week, Timberview fell to Burleson 31-11. That's it for sports in Mansfield. If you have any sports news, let us know. Reporting from About Mansfield, I'm Tommy Cummings. It's time right now for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist and answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Thanks, Steve. Today's question comes from, well, me. And I say, wow, it sure got cold around here in a hurry. What can I do to get my house ready for winter? That's an excellent and timely question if I do say so myself, and I do. We didn't seem to have much of an autumn this year so far, and for whatever reason, we always feel that cold air getting into our homes while we never feel the cold air getting out of our homes in the summer. But the problem is really the same during both seasons. There are things we can do that will pay us well during both winter and summer. First thing I'd look at is the amount of insulation in the attic. The Department of Energy's recommendation for North Texas is that homes have attic insulation to an R-value, or resistance to heat loss, of between 30 and 60. That, in plain English, means between 10 and 20 inches of either blown-in insulation or fiberglass bats. Insulation can be installed by a professional crew, or you can rent an insulation blower from the home center where you purchase the material if you're going the blown-in route. While it may seem like you're spending quite a bit at first, you'll be surprised what a difference having the correct amount of insulation makes in your energy bill. The next item I'd look at is the caulking around window and door openings. Caulking is a pretty cheap and do-it-yourself or friendly way to get rid of some of the more sneaky ways for that cold air to enter the home. It comes in white and a variety of colors as well if you want to try to match up to the paint or the trim on the exterior of the house. And don't forget to check inside the house around the windows as well. Your house shifts a bit with changes in humidity and soil moisture, so oftentimes the seal around the windows on the interior can be broken too. A little time spent with a caulk gun and a few bucks worth of material can add to your winter comfort level. While you're at it, take a look at the weather stripping around the exterior doors. Many times you'll find that foam or vinyl strip to be bent, pinched, torn, or just missing. Again, that's a place where you'll definitely feel that cold air come in on breezy days. Replace it now and you'll be glad you did come February. And it doesn't hurt to look at those light switch and electrical outlet boxes on exterior walls and make sure they're sealed against air intrusion as well. Most hardware stores have thin foam gaskets you can install yourself behind the switch or outlet plate at a minimal cost. Spring and fall are also good times to have a system checkup or tune-up done on your heating and air conditioning system. Heating and cooling companies usually offer specials on these services at this time of year, and it's especially important to have the furnace checked if yours is a gas-fired unit to make sure the burner is working efficiently and that it's not emitting carbon monoxide gas. And as I've said in the past, change that filter monthly. It'll help the machine run more efficiently and minimize the amount of dust in the house as well. Don't forget to have your sprinkler system and swimming pool plumbing winterized and drained. There's no good time to deal with a broken water pipe, but winter is definitely the worst time. And speaking of broken pipes, don't forget to cover those outside faucets. Frostproof doesn't mean freeze-proof, and a good cold snap lasting a few days can lead to a pipe bursting inside the wall. That's a messy and expensive fix, as there will be drywall texture and paint to be repaired, as well as the plumbing leak itself. This Sunday, we set our clocks back an hour and go back to standard time. That's the time that fire departments nationwide recommend that you test and inspect your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. 
If you've got battery-operated smoke or CO detectors or wired ones with battery backup, change those batteries and do it again in the spring when we go back to daylight savings time. It's an easy way to remember to check these potentially life-saving devices and make sure that they're in good working order. Time change equals battery change. I'm sure there are things I've overlooked or glossed over. If you can think of anything I've missed, or if you have a home improvement or repair question for me, email it to me through the podcast, or visit my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast, or my Twitter page at Ask Terry AM Pod. Talk to you next week. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is askterry. T-E-R-R-Y at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Saturday is Halloween and Tuesday is Election Day. Let's see if the weather will cooperate either day for our ghosts and goblins. Alexa? On Wednesday, October 28th in Mansfield, there will be showers with a high of 51 degrees Fahrenheit and a low of 42 degrees. Thursday through Monday should be sunny. Daytime highs will range between 46 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit peaking on Saturday. Thank you, Alexa. You're welcome. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns need no irrigation this week. Be sure to turn off your sprinkler controller. Cool temperatures and rain through Wednesday makes way for a nice sunny end to the week. To see a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, log on to waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, when we switch from news to talk, we will talk in studio with a couple of guests from Southwestern Adventist University, a small campus with some big ideas. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel and the entire news team. And this is About Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip, The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield, for more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. I believe that we should treat others the way we want to be treated. I became an attorney to fight for fairness in our system, but there's a lot of work to be done. As your state representative, I'll fight for equal pay and to protect our health care coverage. I'll fight to fund our public schools and not rush to reopen them. Let's make sure every Texan has the opportunity they deserve. That's fair. I'm Joe Drago, and I would be honored to have your vote. Political advertising paid for by Joe Drago for state representative. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. 
As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, this is Tamara Bounds. For nearly a decade, I have worked with Mansfield citizens, city staff, multiple boards, commissions, and council members to bring good solutions to our challenges. That's why I'm running for Mansfield City Council Place 2. As your council representative, you can count on me to be your voice, to understand matters that are important to you, your family, and your business. And now is the time to make good use of our remaining vacant land, maintain fiscal responsibility while expanding taxpayer relief. We need to find lasting solutions to our growing infrastructure needs and recruit sustainable businesses that will provide higher wage jobs that give Mansfield a competitive edge over bordering cities. On November the 3rd, I am asking you to vote for Tamara Bounds for Mansfield City Council Place 2. For more information, visit my website, TamaraBoundsForCityCouncil.com. Paid for by Tamara Bounds Campaign. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and uh, in this segment, as we make the transition from news to talk, we are going to talk about education here for uh, for about the next 20, 25 minutes with our in-studio interview. And, you know, there are, there are several universities around the Metroplex that are within a 30, 40-minute drive that uh, Mansfield residents can take advantage of. One of the universities that I was unaware of until about three weeks ago, is in the city of Keene. And you're going, what? okay, where is the city of Keene? The city of Keene, you hop on Heritage Parkway, which turns into 917, you start heading west, you hang a left just a little bit past I-35, and you're in the city of Keene. And there is the Southwestern Adventist University in the city of Keene. It's a small university that's making a big deal right now. And we're going to talk about that big deal here in just a couple of minutes. In the studio, we have Austin Powell. He's the project director for Pathways to Success. And Renata Ocampo, she is the director of academic success and advising. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Steve. We're glad to be here. Let's start with what is Southwestern Adventist University? Give us the Reader's Digest version of uh, a little history about the university. We have this wonderful tagline, which is knowledge, faith, and service. And we do all our work through that tagline, our knowledge, faith, and service. So both in academics and activities, athletics, everything is around how do we gain knowledge, how do we provide service. And, and the important thing is to remind our audience who are listening that our university, although small, we are very, very um, deliberate about servicing others. And we we consider ourselves a family. If I recall, the enrollment's around 800 students, right? Correct. Very, very small university. So I I would imagine you know most of the students on campus. I would say we, yes, I would say the majority of them um, you become very familiar with. When they're not there, when there's a spring break or they're in summer vacation or even Christmas, you can feel the their absence. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty gloomy when the students aren't there, <laughs> for sure. You, you mentioned sports and academics. Yes. It, does Southwestern Adventist have a mascot? 
Interesting. We do. It is a night. A night. Uh, a night. Okay. Yeah. So we are the Southwestern Knights. Yes. Okay. Now, the reason you're here is because you, uh, you Southwestern Adventist University, received a grant of, if I recall, it's uh, around $2.5 million yes. from the Department of Education for uh, being now a Hispanic serving institution, or you have received an HSI grant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is the significance of becoming an, a, a Hispanic serving institution? And when did SWAU become an HSI? The grant started on October 1st. And the beauty of it is, is our campus is 48% Hispanic. And so as you can see, our our student body is very diverse, but a great majority of them are Hispanic. And so we're so excited about getting this grant because it's really going to open up the doorway for a homeless opportunities for our students. Let's go through the grant process and how that was and, and, and how you won the award really sure. is. It's a 55 page grant proposal. Yes, sir. Who wrote the grant and, and what do you feel was in the grant that, uh, that you feel you got the award for as, as opposed to the other, what, 300 entrants uh, sure. did not receive? Well, I will tell you that the, the experience has been truly surreal. I would say that back in February, we were presented with the idea of doing this grant, but it was, it wasn't something that we said, oh, we went, we weren't looking for it. It was something that, came to us and we were actually very two weeks into the deadline. So we thought, well, it's too late. We had been tossing the idea of maybe we should wait till the next time. But then we said, you know, what, what can we lose? The worst thing that can happen is we don't get it and we're back to where we were in the first place. So uh, several of us came together and started to work on the grant, um, arduously. Yeah. And so we with had, only two weeks left. Yeah, it, it's, two weeks. It's, so um, we seriously, I can tell you, spent countless hours just coming together. And the interesting thing is we have wonderful people who are so knowledgeable and able to bring things together. So we had um, Dr. Bunch, who does a lot of our grant writing. We had Dr. Sargent, Marcel Sargent, who is just incredible with data. And we even had our president, President Shah, who also contributed. Dr. Berkner, who is our vice president for academics, and myself sat down uh, the couple weekends that we had. And we were there since early in the morning till late in the evening, just in prayer, actually. And every time we'd come to a section is, what are they asking? And well, let's pray about it. And then we'd pray about it. And then, okay, let's, let's see. And I think that our main objective when uh, Dr. Berkner and I were tackling it was if, if someone gave you a million dollars for the school, what would you do? That was really, what would we do? And so all our dreams of putting it together was more of a, a wish list. Like if I had this money, this is what, what we would do. And, um, it's interesting because it's validation. All the things that um, coming into the Center for Academic Success and Advising, there were a lot of things that I was like, oh, we can do this. And But like anything, there's this lack of funding. So you're not able to do as much, but it's at the back of your head going, man, one day, one day I'll do this. And when we sat down and put our our dreams and our thoughts in, on, in writing and had the collaboration of everybody, we just 
put it together and said, well, here goes. And we sent it off, not even thinking about it. COVID hit and it just was not something that was at the forefront of our thinking. We were more concerned of how do we, how do we welcome students back, if at all, or how do we do um, tutoring, in my case? How do I support students when they're not even on campus? So a lot of other things, you know, logistical things were happening, and the grant itself wasn't even in our thoughts, really, after COVID. So right. um, we did ask after uh, the semester had started, like, hey, whatever happened to that grant? Did we hear anything? Because it wasn't... Nothing was told to us whether they accepted it, whether it was rejected, nothing. So uh, time had gone by and probably around August sometime, um, towards the end of August, I get a phone call from Dr. Berkner and she's like, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah, like what? She's like, we got the grant. And I was floored. I wow. couldn't believe it. I, what? I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, we got the grant. We, we got it. And I, we just laughed. And I said, well, the work is now to make sure we, I immediately was like, we got to make sure we have data. We have to make sure we have, and I just kept going on and on. And it was funny because because we just laughed. It, it was just a matter of, it was so, it, we were just laughing. I, I don't have any other words to describe how happy we felt. So when you go back to February and you, you ask that question of what would we do with a million dollars? Well, now it's, what do we do with two and a half million dollars? Yes. And that we, yeah. when we presented it to the students, that's exactly what we said. We said, you know, we prayed about it and, um, and God definitely said, well, I'll give you more than you asked for. And so now there's this call to be good stewards of the money that he's given us. And so now this is a major grant from the Department of Education. Yes. And it's again, it's called HSI, the Hispanic Serving Institution. How many universities receive this grant? For instance, when you found out back in August, do you know how many universities receive the grant? Because uh, I know it's more than one. I know there were three in Texas. Okay. So th there were probably 30, I want to say, but out of the 33 are from the state of Texas and Southwestern Adventist University is one of them. What are some of the specific programs the grant will fund? Yeah, you know, it's very exciting, everything we're looking at being able to do. As I stepped into this position as alumnus of Southwestern Adventist University, it's beautiful because in a lot of ways, my job is to help make these dreams come true. And so what we're looking at doing is we're going to be creating a robust internship program. In four years, we want 100% of our students to be in internships. Also, we're creating a first-year experience program. And in doing this, we're in collaboration with organizations all across the world. Uh, just last week, we met with Abilene Christian University, who has one of the best first-year experience. Uh, they're also, they just created this first-generation program called First Gen. And so we're working with them. We're working with also universities in South America to see what they're doing. And so what we're, our goal is to, is to create a program where students are mentored both by peers and by alumni. So that way they don't fall through the cracks, that they're ready when, when it's time to graduate, that they're ready to step into their career and to succeed. The Office of Student Success is is this this is a new space. That was this was created as a result of the grant, is that correct? Yes, it is. And how will this new Office of Success, uh, Student Success support the students? Oh, it's going to be amazing. So, 
the way it's structured is the Office of Student Success is both CASA, which is, the director is Renata, and then my office, which is Pathways to Success. We're going to be working in collaboration. And what's so beautiful about it is CASA really focuses on the academic side, making sure our students succeed while they're in school. Now, the Pathways to Success, the part where I'm in charge, we're going to be working on helping our students be prepared for when they get out in the career field. We're going to be helping them with their soft skills, training them to be prepared in the different fields that they're going to be going to. You mentioned CASA. So the CASA is the Center for Academic Success and Advising. Our main objective is to be able to give the students a place where they can come and get, again, that support academically. But we're also working with the nursing department and working with the counseling and, and testing center in our on our campus to do some mental health support, too. So we, we understand the... Some students come equipped with wonderful survival skills and uh, study habits, but other ones do not. And a lot of our Hispanic Latinos um, are first to be at a university, so we are aware of that. One wonderful thing about this grant is that it also gives us the opportunity to hire um, and and um, train 12 peer mentors mm -hmm. we call success coaches. So the goal is to be able to put our first year experience, our freshmen coming in on our campus as families and having a mentor, a peer mentor supporting them through their first two years. S data shows that students that struggle their first two years tend to just leave their education. And so we're hoping to hold their hand through the process of their first year so that by the time they're juniors, we have a better sense. They have a better sense of what their goals are, and we can connect them to the Office of Student Success where they get the internship experience and then graduate and be ready to be career ready and uh, join the market of business, work, whatever it is that they want to do, but now they're equipped to do it. But while they're in on campus, we provide the service of giving them that support. Let's go back to the internship opportunities. Now, now Keene is Keene's a, a pretty rural area. And how will students access the internships that prepare them for the employment in the, in the global market? Mm -hmm. What we're looking at doing is uh, myself, and we just hired a new uh, person. Named, her name is Melva, and she's going to be our internship manager. who will be working in collaboration with myself. Our goal is is to broaden the spectrum for Southwestern. Uh, we want to be in all the local communities. For example, here at Mansfield, we want to be everywhere. So that way, our students have an opportunity uh, to interact with individuals from all across the world. So when they go into the field internationally or locally, they're well-equipped and they know how to do their jobs. Um, so that's the main priority of our, our mission here. The other thing that we're also doing is um, we're hoping to build a partnership with the North Texas Consortium, and that's the other universities around our area, so that we can create those career fairs in collaboration with them so that we can have other representatives come to our events. We hold annually a paths expo, which is gives the students an opportunity to look into employment or internships, but it also allows them to see graduate universities come and present their graduate programs. So paths expo in the past has been a one day come to the gym. We have vendors, we have people come talk to you, but um, because of COVID, we have been able to get creative <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. And so yes. this, we just had our uh, career 
experience with our students, and we offered them a one-day uh, workshop where they we had five different guests regarding um, careers, and then we had a week of evening workshops mm -hmm. uh, about careers. And so Austin and I have been speaking that this would be probably a good format to follow in the future and end our, our two-week drive for career paths with vendors coming into a career fair. So that is, that's what we're hoping to do with the funding that we have. It opens the door for us to be able to uh, reach out to many other organizations and companies outside of even Texas. Yeah. We've also collaborated, for example, with the city of Cleburne and done what they called uh, Cleburne leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and they, it's a, nine month program once a month where we become in, we get in contact with everything around the community in Cleburne. Yeah, there's one here in Mansfield. They, they oh, called called Leadership Mansfield. Wonderful. So I'm a graduate of of uh, class uh, 3. A nice. So I'm the best a, class. I'm a graduate from class 2020 for Cleburne. So There you go. And it, it was interesting to be able to uh, reach out because there is again that one day where they take us through the different companies and um, businesses around. So that was a good way to know, oh, well maybe we can reach out and and build that partnership. And now that we have Melva, um, it, it will be far more intentional and um, she'll be able to make that connection. Getting back to the HSI grant, tell us about the type of student that you're targeting through this grant and what are the challenges they face in, in completing their degree at uh, Southwestern Adventist University? You know, so our grant is really targeting three audiences. It's those that first offer Hispanic, as well as those who are first generation. Uh, we want the students who is their first time and their family to be at an institution of higher education, as well as we're looking for the at-risk students. So those who have some markers that could impede them from succeeding. Define an at-risk student. An at-risk student is a student who... Um, has several factors. One of them is socioeconomic from where they come from. Mm -hmm. um, it could be that they don't have enough. This is the, everyone's investing right on this one person to get their degree. The second thing is a lot of the students come with trauma, um, emotional trauma. So it, that impedes their ability to learn. We currently have a, an at-risk system, alert system, that allows us to see the progress of all our students in all the areas, attendance, their academics, um, and it gives a chance to us to annotate, you know, when we have conversations with them. So we're able to see really how they are emotionally speaking. With an alert, we can now reach out either myself, Austin, or a student success coach and be able to really support the student in the different areas. The HSI grant has an aim to transform institutions. What do you predict that, that Southwestern Adventist is going to look like in five years at the end of the grant? One of the things that we know is that we want in five years for families to feel that we're supporting their student. Oftentimes students are just, you know, dropped off and okay, you're done. And, and it's not because of lack of love. It's because some, the majority of our parents do not have a higher education, so they don't know what to ask, what to look for. But we're hoping to build a bridge between them and ourselves so that they we can be transparent and be able to support them. In five years, I, we're hoping to be able to write the grant, request again the grant, and say we have moved forward from 
the initial stage of building something, now we want to continue it. We want to be able to be a force where students can come, feel welcomed, but feel supported overall. What we would really love to do is for one, for our students to learn that they are part of the Southwestern community, part of the Southwestern family as we're supporting them, but also to broaden our family to our local community. Uh, We want to reach out. We want Southwestern to be a name that employers say, you know what? I heard Southwestern students are top quality. They are the type of students I want to hire. And these are what we're working on. We want to create a partnership with our local communities, with different businesses. So that way we are training and teaching our students to be the best that they can be. So from CORE, which is our beginning program that we have when students first come in, they they go through CORE. We want them to go from CORE to career. And that's our big goal as we start this plan. Now, I will be honest with you, Austin and I have been dreaming a little bit. (laughs) Dreaming is good. Yes. Where we've said that in five years, we hope we do have a building just for career and CASA. Our hope is that with our progress that we can make it a part of the school community where it is an actual building that students can come to. And it's centered around that, where it's a, there's a career lab, there's a place for workshops, there's a place where they can study. There's So uh, that's what we've been talking about. Like, wouldn't it be nice in, if in five years we can have a central focal place and even open it to the community where community members can come and, and search? Um, we all need to help each other. And that's one of the things for us is uh, Southwestern. Is, is the service piece and um, knowledge is, is our wonderful faculty and our, our faith is what moves us and what um, compels us, right? But service is what we're about. And so we definitely want to reach out and, and help our communities as well. Going back to the beginning of the interview, you had mentioned 48% of the student body is Hispanic. Correct. Are you finding that, that, are they local? Are they coming from, say, within an hour? Or are they coming? They're coming from all over. Yes, I, I would say we've even had students come from um, Cuba. We had a student last, a couple of students last year. We have students from ha- Haiti. We have students from Oklahoma. We have students from California. We have students from all over the place. I think once, once students hear about our university, like you, where is Keene? But when they step on our campus and they come for a university visit, then they're, they, they're embraced because they see we are different in a lot of ways. We are a very safe uh, university. I think believe we're ranked third in safety. Huh. Um, so we're a very um, close-knit family. And so it is a place that we hope, you know, will allow other students. If someone from the Mansfield community wanted more information about Southwestern Adventist University, how would they contact whether it's CASA or the Pathways to Success or the university in general? Our enrollment office is equipped to answer any questions, give you a tour of the university. Um, If you specifically want to know about our at-risk data information or how we support students academically or with our mental health, then you're more than welcome to contact CASA, and that would be casa at swau.edu. Also probably go on our website, or swau.edu. And swau is S-W-A-U, which stands for Southwestern Adventist University, swau.edu. 
Uh, Austin, do you have any? Um... Uh, you can reach me at Austin Powell at swau.edu, and that's A U S T E N P O W E L L at swau.edu. Um, we'll have the information there for you with the links. Uh, but we would just love to have you here on our campus. Well, again, congratulations to Southwestern Adventist University in Keene. Again, only a 30-minute drive from Mansfield on the $2.5 million HSI Hispanic Serving Institution grant from the Department of Education. Austin Powell, uh, Project Director for the Pathways to Success, thank you for being on About Mansfield. Oh, thank you for having me. Renata Ocampo, Director of Academic Success and Advising. Thank you for being on About Mansfield. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And again, congratulations. Thank we'll, you. We'll be right back. Congratulations to Lauren Dakota, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. How much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident who is under 65 years old? According to Texas Parks and Wildlife, an annual fishing license is required for any resident who fishes in the public waters of Texas, including within the Mansfield Parks system, and it costs $30 a year for citizens under the age of 65. Lauren has won a $25 gift card to Pord. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Pord, the wine bar featuring wine, beer, and bubbly, and an extended food menu in a relaxed atmosphere. Check them out on the web at PouredTX.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, Mansfield used to have a full-service gas station at the corner of Broad and Main Street. The grand opening in June of 1951 consisted of young ladies giving away carnations and balloons. After 50 years, the family-owned full-service filling station was closed. This week's trivia question is... What was the name of the full-service filling station that occupied the corner of Main and Broad for 50 years? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what was the name of the full-service filling station that occupied the corner of Main and Broad Streets for 50 years? Good luck, and thanks to Carol at Pord for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, our usual array of news, talk, and information. And we will talk in studio with Mansfield's downtown coordinator, Nicolette Allen, about all the great things that are happening in historic Mansfield. The show will be released on Wednesday, November 4th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap, Casey Lewis. School Board Recap, Karen Marcucci. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. Thanks for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo asking you to vote, vote, vote. This is about Mansfield. Mansfield.